And welcome back to The Accelerator. I'm Michael Conniff, your host. This is a podcast devoted to entrepreneurs, founders, startups, and the money that they want to find amongst VCs, angels, uh, investors of all kind. Um, we are very lucky today to be joined by uh, Surinder Dataram, who is the CEO of WowTech, uh, based in Eindhoven, the Netherlands, and Maria McKenzie. She is his uh, she is the U.S. business development um, lead uh, here here in the United States uh, for this video compression technology. Uh, first of all, welcome to all of you. Thanks for being on the accelerator. Thank, Thank you, you very Adam. much, Michael. It's an honor to be in the in this meeting actually and in this podcast. Well, it's uh, I'm excited to have you. Um, this program is new, um, but I, what I want to say is number one. We do not recommend stocks. We do not recommend investments. We do not recommend anything other than using your own brain to figure out whether you're interested in a company. That's really important. Um, but uh, what we have at the accelerator is something called the watch list, which is companies that we are really interested in, companies that inherently we like, um, many things about them. And so uh, WowTech is on this list because of its video compression technology. And um, I have to tell my little, I only have one Eindhoven story, which is I was supposed to go. I never went. Now, here's the here's the thing. Can you guess what technology I was going to Eindhoven for? Um, <laughs> well, so I'll give you, it, was, it would have been 1980, uh, 81. 1981. 81. Yes. Well, I'm guessing you probably would have been with a company with Philips calling in. Ah, good, good, correct. So far, yes. so good. Yeah. Okay, so what's the technology? It's, you know, they are the leading company in the world when it comes to making processor, microprocessor machines. All yes, the world. You're, you're, getting, you're getting warmer. You're getting warmer. Oh, okay. Put, I, I'm going to put you out of your misery because there's no way you're going to get this right because nobody remembers this. But um, after the success of CD audio, compact disc audio. Yeah. Um, and the the relative success of CD-ROM, read-only memory. Yeah. Uh, there was a thing called CDI, which I was called. That. Do you remember that? Yes. It's called Compact Disc Interactive. Yeah. And it was supposed to be, you know, the interactive world that we now have on the web, but brought to the C CD player. Yeah. Backwardly compatible with, with CD devices or forward compatible, I guess. And... Um, and uh, it was a big bomb. <laughs> oh, wow. And the lesson of that one was, just in a nutshell, was the people, CD audio had had been such a big success. You know, the conversion from analog to digital, right? One of the first big ones. And um, the same guys who had successfully turned CD, um, uh, uh, who had done, done that transition and took credit for the success of CD audio, the same guys from Philips were in charge of CDI. Now CDI had was completely different, cool. but they were like they were so confident. Oh yeah, we're just going to kind of waltz in with this, and <laughs> and you know CDI was a terrible technology. It was yeah. slow, right? You remember? I know it. Yeah, it never left the ground. It stayed it on the ground. That's never it. left the ground. However, yeah. you are talking to the former managing editor of CDI News, paid for by Philips. Oh. <laughs> so, you are also talking maybe to one of the few people on the planet who ever made money from CDI. So, so you know, yeah, it was that's true because everyone lost money on that. It was especially a dog. Philips. 
especially Philip. So I never got to Eindhoven. So I'm still, that's still ahead of me. So um, I'm very excited by your um, technology surrender. I wanted to start with you. Um, you have been working on this for a while. Well, why don't you describe what you have and uh, the process that got you here so far? Okay. Well, uh, let me start uh, by explaining what we have, actually. What we have is actually very easy to explain. We have a new um, video compression solution mm -hmm. that will take your 100% you know, original video file and will compress it up to 99.7% without losing any quality. Okay? And we can go up to 8K quality videos. That's it. That's the whole technology. Okay, and 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 um, what kind of improvement is that on other competitors in the marketplace? Well, we, you know, we've we've seen actually uh, codec companies coming in the market, and um, MPEG LA is one of the biggest one in the world uh, with multiple patents um, and making money as crazy. And you have some newcomers. Google is one with their VP8, VP9. And there's this open source uh, collection with um, Hewlett Packard, Facebook, Google, trying to create a, a solution for the market because, you know, they find the fees that they have to pay for the for the co for using the codex too high, which it it really it really is. But they don't have any other solution or any other options. So they're trying to create an open source uh, variation for everyone. And then you have the Chinese companies. Uh, Huawei is one of the biggest ones. Tencent is creating their own codex. You have some Russian companies creating codex. So uh, video compression is a very crowded space, space these times. Even Intel, Qualcomm, all these companies are in this space operating as we speak. And to what degree is is the is uh, maybe you should explain? And not everybody knows what a codec is. So tell okay. us what a codec is. Codec is actually you know it's a short name of um, uh, algorithms to compress video files. That's a codec. So and there are multiple ways and multiple codecs, which will give you multiple compression ratios. The compression ratio is actually you know, from the original to the file size that you get after compression. That's called the compression ratio. Mm -hmm. um, another thing that a codec also can do, not all codecs, but some codecs do, that can change your format. If you have an MPEG, uh, you know, MP4 file, you can change the format into another format, which will play probably smoother or better, or perhaps for another reason why you want to do that. So that's called encoding and transcoding. So that's actually what a codec does. Okay. Now I, I, I am, um, your company is a video compression software company, correct? True. So I, I, am I wrong? And I associate, associate codecs with being, including hardware. Am I, am I right about that? Well, you know, uh, in the beginning you had hardware uh, with codecs in it, like black box. And now you have uh, in cloud versions Okay, and so software, software these days only also have codecs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay so you, now you have both versions. So who of those competitors you named, yeah. of course, I'm particularly interested in. Uh, keep going. Go ahead. Go ahead. So well, actually, one of the things I wanted to also explain, there are companies 
who have created Codex, especially for their for themselves. They don't share, they don't sell uh, the technology that they have. You know, Netflix is one of them, YouTube is one of them, and they keep their technology only for their uh, sole purpose for their own company. That's it. And it's so, so is it a crowded space? It is a crowded space. And the good thing is, actually, the good thing for us is they're trying to do the same thing, uh, all of them, actually. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to increase the compression ratio by using the same technology as 20 years ago. Okay. Oh. And what they started doing 20 years ago is they were looking at the predictability of the next frame. If the next frame is almost the same as the frame that you're looking at, then they would be able to slice a bigger piece of it off than if it was a you know, completely different type of frame. Mm -hmm. So the predictability of the next frame is still leading perception of codex and compression technology till today. Now, what does yours do that's different? Well, that's exactly what we're not doing. We're not looking at the predictability because that would mean we would be going the same road as all the other companies. And we would get the same results as all the other companies. And I'm mm -hmm. glad we never got on that path. Absolutely not. And so what is your path and what's different about it? Well, um, one of the things that we actually we do is we our software looks at the frames, the pixels, and the dynamics of the actually every different frame um, when it moves on from the first frame to the second frame. And when we're, I just want to, I want to frame this conversation. So, <laughs> so you're talking video is essentially 24 frames per second or 30 frames per second. Yeah. And so when you're talking about the competitors, they're looking at the preceding frame and they're making predictions on subsequent frames. Yes. Now, instead of that, you are looking at pixels, and what are the other things? We're looking at and the dynamics uh, in the frames itself. Okay. So that gives us um, much more information how much we can compress per frame. It, you know, it, it takes a little bit more time, and it requires a little bit more power, you know, um, mm -hmm. but the result is, is astonishing. And so <clears throat> this, this process um, has implications, your software has implications basically for anyone streaming video. Is that, is that fair? Well, it's not only if you're streaming video, even if you're uh, storing video uh, for any reason, whether it's for the, for court or for security or just, you know, for, for your own uh, premises, everything that has to do with static video, our solution applies 100%. And so streaming, storage, storage streaming, of course, we're streaming over essentially the web or a network. True. Storage yeah. where, where um, that might include the cloud, right? True. Yeah. Something in the cloud, something yes. local, though there's not as much of that as there used to be. That used to be the whole ballgame. So, so... You're, so, Maria, let me ask you, you are in charge of U.S. business development. What does that technology mean in terms of who you're targeting in the U.S.? Correct. So, um, basically, some of the streaming companies that could benefit from maybe the compressed data, you know, the, the, the price that it, that it takes, you know, that they spend on 
on, you know, storing this data could mm -hmm. be compressed. And so they would benefit for such, you know, I've worked with in the past with the companies like even aviation, you know, when they stream, um, they, you know, there's only so much that they can, you know, so much they can put on each aircraft. So for instance, if you're able to compact the data, then, you know, so there's a couple of companies, any, a lot of the companies that I'm kind of targeting are, you know, streaming, you know, companies that use up a lot of data that needs mm -hmm. to, that they need to um, compress and could benefit from. Yeah. And, and um, uh, so would you be looking to license to them directly? Do they buy the technology or how would they implement it? Um, well, Surrender has probably a better um, answer for that. It just, you know, we would either license it, um, you know, I'm, I'm based out of, out of the U.S., so, you know, they're in the Netherlands. Yeah. Well, if I, if I might add on that, uh, Michael, yeah. uh, for we have actually two perceptions when it comes to offering this technology in the market. We have, you know, the non-commercial market, and we want to offer them a fixed price per compressed gigabyte because that's going to be only on storage. Um and for the commercial, no, non, excuse me for interrupting, but non-commercial would would be academic, would be non-profit. What what would non be non-commercial? That would be actually non-profit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So in in a, in a broad range, so non-profit, and the profit uh, sector would be very also very easy for streaming companies. You know, they already have per subscriber, they have a fixed cost for uh, you know fees they have to pay for codecs, fees they have to pay for CDN companies for transport. Um, and what we're doing by compressing their content, they will lose, they will use less data to, you know, to transport and less space to store it. So we're asking a very a fraction of that cost per subscriber per month. That's it. And for that, we'll compress all your video content. Uh, on a per subscriber per month basis. Yes, that's it. Okay, and then and then just help me visualize how that how you implement that because I'm still I, it's 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 kind of a hard thing to visualize. <laughs> okay. So 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 what what so I just made a deal. Somebody just makes a deal with uh, Wow Tech yes. um, for the compression technology. Let's say it's um, Stars Network in yeah. the U.S. What happens? Well, what happens is um, we'll offer them two possibilities. Either we compress their content and they, you know, they stream it or broadcast it, or they can use their own equipment to compress the video files and broadcast and stream if they want to. For To use our technology, you do require a Mac machine. It doesn't run on Microsoft or anything else. It runs only on Mac machines. So that okay. is important to keep in mind. So, and some companies, you know, they don't have a problem to acquire some Mac machines to mm -hmm. do the compression on their own. And some will say, you know what, you do the compression, just deliver the content with according these uh, specifications, and that's it. So we can offer them both uh, solutions. Um, and one of the important things for content companies is that the privacy and the security of their content. So in most cases, they will choose to do the compression by themselves because that way they know the content doesn't leave their premises. And that's the most secure way, um, you know, to make sure that it doesn't get um, 
pirated stolen. actually yes yeah, stolen pirated, fight, yeah. pirated along the way you know either with them or getting to us or with us so in most cases they will choose to do it by themselves on their own premises which is also the case with law enforcement okay so and that's another market obviously with the with the proliferation of video and law enforcement which is also something we worry about here in terms of George Orwell in 1984 but but um uh you said Macintosh machines are necessary, but a Mac is not a supercomputer, obviously. A no. Mac is a limited device. Are we talking about networking um, multiple Macs uh, to support, like, a, a stars? You know, there's massive streams going out, you know, tens of thousands of streams. So is, is, do you daisy chain the Macs together? How do you do that? Well, actually, uh, first of all, it depends on how much content you want to compress at the same time. Mm -hmm. That will uh, be determined actually how much Mac machines you will need. And once, let's say when you start with 10 Mac machines and the content only needs to be compressed just once, that's it. So once you start compressing bulk and you'll get to the content that you'll get probably on weekly or daily basis, and you'll be able to do that with two, three max on a daily basis. So you can start with 10 or 20, and after that you'll downscale back to like two, three or four, and that's it. So once, once the video is compressed, you're good to go. Okay. You don't have to do it twice or, you know, re sure. repetition. Once you compress it, you're compressed, end that's of story. It. Yeah, and of uh, This is the accelerator on Michael Conniff with Maria McKenzie and Surrender Dataram of uh, Wow Tech. Um, Maria is in Florida, and Surrender is in the Netherlands. Um, and they are uh, their company is on my um, the accelerator. I shouldn't say my the accelerator's watch list uh, because we like what we hear so far. This is not a recommendation to buy or invest or do anything other than find out more. Uh, that's important to note. And that's called a disclaimer. <laughs> so, so keep that in mind. But let me ask you: I want to drill down on the on the competitors a little bit. Um, if you're you're saying you have the highest level of compression at the highest quality, yes. So, who would be number two and number three? Um, I think number two would be Huawei from China, and okay. number three would be Tencent, also from China. Because okay. we did a, you know, we did a comparison uh, last year for almost six months with all the major players, and uh, directly behind us you had Huawei and you had Tencent with the highest compression ratios, and after that you would get uh, MPEG um, with, you know, with MP4s and VP9, and after that you'll get the AV1 the MOVs, MTV. So it's, it's a long list with, you know, with a lot of different formats. Mm -hmm. But at the, you know, immediately after us, you'll get two Chinese companies who are doing extremely good in, in terms of progress. In terms of the market. Yeah. I have to uh, share this story with our listeners. It's one I think I may have already shared with you, but uh, I had a company called Interactive Sports in... Um, in the 90s, so we're talking maybe 95, and uh, we had a big deal with Sprint, which at the at the moment had the only fiber optic you can hear a pin drop network, as they as they said, 
So, you know, top of the line technology. And we did an experiment between the New England Patriots in Foxborough, Mass, and the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle, Washington. And um, we sent, I think, I, I can't do the same trick on you I did before, but we sent um, 30 seconds of full motion video uh, across the country for the first time, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly the first time in the NFL. So um, I think I told you this because my, my quiz question is, guess how long it took for that 30-second video to go across the country once? And the, the answer is, we went to lunch. <laughs> we went to lunch. It took so long Jeez. that when we came back three hours later, the 30 seconds had been transmitted. So that was 95. So we've, you know, thanks to people like you, we've, you, we've come a really long way. Wow. So, um, so let me, let me ask you, um, I want to ask you both a little bit about your background and how we got here. Um, Maria, how did you find out about this and, and how did you get involved? And what, have you, what, what led up to this for you in your career? Well, ironically enough, I, I started off as a surgical dental assistant. Uh-huh. Great, great training for technology, you know, dentistry. <laughs> so, <laughs> lots yeah, lots so, of pain. No, no pain, no gain. No, no. So, you know, we had a, a studio where we would do oral surgeries and various uh, um, universities, you know, would request things. So as our programmer... Um, as we, at first, you know, the students would call in and, and ask questions and he was able to program how they could text in questions. And then as he did that, he kept compressing the data and compressed the hell out of data that he was, he, let's put it this way. At one time, uh, I met with the CEO of MTV and he, he, at the time he had says we're, we were about nine months ahead of, of anything he's seen. And this is our, our programmer. And so anyways, so. I realized that we had something that was very, you know, because this is going back 15 years ago. Did I lose Michael? Yeah. 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 And so no, no, I'm, I'm, that's just the sound of me listening. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Yeah. So anyhow, that's an old radio uh, trick. You just listen. Yeah, no, no. So anyways, um, I searched out a couple of different companies um, and got about, 36 NDAs where we showed this technology and, and um, it was most impressive, you know? So um, I started off with dent in dentistry and then moved on to business development through, um, you know, through those stepping stones. That's how I met a lot of people in tech. Yeah. And how did you meet Surrender? Through um, Gunther. And Gunther is actually, you know, my partner in this. What is Gunther's full name? Gunther Schubert. And he's your partner. He is my partner. He lives in Germany. He is, he is uh, from Germany. Yes. And, yeah. And actually, uh, Maria met, met him before I did uh, when he was living in the U.S. Yes. 15 years ago, when I, I remember Gunther would, would uh, program and, and, you know, do all these things. And I'd show my friends on my cell phone, look, this is a stream. And, and streaming wasn't something that people really knew about back then. So no. I also remember there was a test that he did in Canada with a stadium where we sent the signal from Naples there, and then they did their signal within their stadium. And we beat them from, you know, like you were saying, sending the, the signal from, you know, our base at, the air, at, in, at that time, which was in Naples. So you, so you you come by the compression business honestly. 
from a from a dental chair. That's actually a great story. That's a great way to get involved. Yeah. You know, do you know how many times I got asked? I was, you know, I think I was at Sony once, and um, one of the gentlemen was like, "How did you? How did you get?" How did you get in front of us? You know, there's about 12 different VPs yeah. from different departments and such. And I said, I simply just asked for your time. Yeah. And uh, and I said, I sent you some information and I was there two weeks later. So Guther, just what he's been doing in the last 15 years or more, well, actually well, his whole life, but, you know, uh, it's pretty amazing. And he so. is the CTO, is that right? Is he yeah, your, he's and a co-founder? Yes, he's co-founder and CTO. And the good thing is, you know, he started in 2003, for the very first time with compressing video. So that's a long, long time. Almost, almost 20 years ago. 19 yeah, years. almost yes. 20 years ago. So, and he kept developing. Uh, well, listen, you tell Gunther, I was compressing video in the mid 90s. So tell him wow. to put that, put that in his pipe and smoke it, as we say. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? It didn't work very well. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. <laughs> that's the real, the real story of that. But but um, but so he's been in it a long time, and did he always have this different approach? Than well, the, actually, the he did. He did. You know, I I I spent a lot of time with Gunter, and always well, also often um, walked with him in the forest in in Germany when I go go to his place, and he told me a lot of things before he went to to the U.S. He started actually the very first Microsoft dealer in East Germany. You know, it's a very, very long time. The very first official Microsoft dealer in East Germany. Wow. That was a huge step back then. Well, East Germany, you say East Germany, you mean when it was... Yeah. Wall, it was after the wall had fallen, right? No, before, so, the, before the wall had before fallen. Before the wall had fallen. Yes. That's so, pretty amazing. So it was, commu it was communist. Yeah, it, back then it communist was communist. So, yeah, it was the um, Iron Curtain, behind the Iron Curtain. True. And the amazing. good thing is, you, you know, Gunther is a little bit older than I am. But the things back then, you know, that he learned as a programmer, uh, as a software programmer, he, I never knew that there were so many languages that you could program in, but he can do more than 50 different languages to program software. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So he's so, a, bit of a, a bit of a genius. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. And, he's, and the great thing about him is he's so modest, so kind, and he'll always take the time to explain anything you want to know. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. he, that's something I, I've had many hours of phone calls with him, but I, everything I, I learned, he made it, he just explained it in such a way that somebody who was non-technical could get in front of, you know, a group of people and just kind of at least explain. And then of course they would take it over because the yeah. real technical stuff are these guys, you know, yeah, of course. kind of more yes. business development. So. Yeah, it's yeah. important though to be able to tra I call it translating to be able to translate from between the technical right. person and then the non the non technical. That that's a skill in and of itself. Yeah. Now, how did you come across and when did you come across Gunther, Surinder? Actually, I came across Gunther in 2014. I was back then in the business of content distribution, so we were buying content in multiple parts of the world. You know, uh, Hollywood, uh, in India, in China. In Malaysia, so we were buying different types of content, and we would redistribute them around the globe. Was it so, video content, or was yeah. it no? It was only video, video content. content. Yeah. Okay. So, so movies, television yes. shows, news, yes. or whatever, what and, and sports content, which was really really popular. So, yeah. 
And we came at a point that we, you know, there were companies who were asking 4K content. And we had some content producers that, you know, that gave us 4K content, but no one was able to stream that. You know, there was too big. You in needed other words, so much in other words, the, the video files were too large. Yeah. No, nobody, nobody could pump it out. No, because you required yeah. too much bandwidth to stream it. Sure. And that was extremely, extremely pricing. So, and I started looking for, you know, companies or people who were doing anything. Mm. So one of my contacts in Hong Kong back then said, listen, I know a guy in U.S., and you need to call him and you send him an email and, you know, he'll, he will be able to, I said, you know what he does? He says, surrender, you will be amazed how much compression he can get you on your 4K video files. So that's how actually I came in contact with Gunther. Mm. And mm -hmm. Gunther did some examples. Man, we were blown away here. We were completely yeah. blown away. We've now never seen anything like that. Now, let's talk about uh, WowTech today, the state of the company. How many, how many employees do you have? Um, where are they? And, well, um, and then we'll get into like how you might expand. Okay. Well, right now, we, this week, no, last week, we came to 14. Um, we, you know, of course, based in Netherlands, uh, Germany, India, um, Dubai, South Africa, Belgium, now also in U.S. and also in Costa Rica. Are you sure you're not the United Nations? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure not there yet. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure. So not wait a minute. Every so every single person is in a different country. Is that no? Actually, you know, we have <laughs> in India, we have uh, you know a small development team. In Dubai, we have a you know a team for the UA region. And South Africa, we have um, office actually for South Africa, Nigeria, Congo, you know, the, that part. And mm -hmm. we also have two people in Morocco, which is not formally yet connected to us, mm -hmm. but they are looking on, into Morocco, Algeria, uh, that region. Yep. And from Netherlands and in Germany, you know, we're looking to uh, also from Belgium, going to France, Italy, Spain who are doing more and more into streaming uh, and also law enforcement. And, and um, um, what are your revenues like? And, and, and so in 2021, I should ask it this way, how many years have you in, been in business and what is your revenue growth? Actually, we, Gunther and I, we started the company in 2016 formally. And we've, we've done a lot of demonstration. And back then, it was only an in-cloud version, mm -hmm. um, which would make it, you know, it made it very hard to get in clients because most of the clients, they were very um, hesitant because of the security issue, you know, doing mm -hmm. things in the cloud. Mm -hmm. And also the amount of time it took, you know, to upload one 4K movie in the cloud. It takes a day or two. Uh, if, if the bandwidth is not big enough. So we had a lot of issues. And one of the biggest issues we had with the law enforcement here, they said, Surinder, the technology is fantastic. But, you know, by law, we cannot uh, give any citizens access to this footage. So uh, I said, okay. So, and we also did a, in, a, a closed demonstration for the military services in Netherlands. 
on their invitation. Uh, but we ran into the same walls, you know, it's an in-cloud solution and the, you know, their footage is not allowed by law to go outside the premises. So we, we kept hitting the same wall. So we said, you know what, we're not going to the market. We're going to have to make more developments because otherwise we're going to keep hitting the same walls even after two, three years. So we went back to the, you know, to our programming tables and we, started to go to the version that we could do, you know, we could sell licenses, we could install the software on other machines mm -hmm. and we not, and not being only an in-cloud version. So last year uh, I went to India uh, to demonstrations with one of the biggest tech companies there, which is LNT. And, you know, they fell immediately in love with, with the technology and they wanted to roll out the technology in whole India. And when I came back in March with a contract, and literally four days after that, the whole world went on a lockdown. So everything changed after that for us in terms of revenue, going to the market and, you know, market share, everything changed for that. Uh, after but that, that. Must have been, that must have been incredibly frustrating. It was because, you know, we thought, you know, it, it will take like probably two, three months. And after that, it will be business as usual. And by now, you know, end of 2021, we know that's not the case. And probably yeah. it will not be probably in two, three years. So business as usual means something different than it did then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So unfortunately. Yeah. So then we had to go back again to do more development to make sure that we could install our software remotely on machines, you know? So uh, the, the situation forced us to make more, to do more development. So we went on, spent more time, more money to do the development that we could remotely install the software on your machine. So we didn't have, we don't have to travel anymore to, you know, to implement the software on your machine. We can do it remotely. And by now we, We'll send you a link. You download the software on your machine on your own, and everything is done automatically. So, mm. you know, a lot of good things came out of the situation. Is we we made much more progress in terms of development and user friendliness, which is a really important thing. Because the more user friendly your software is, the less time and money you will have to spend on surface level agreements and support and all those things. Yeah, no, it, it may have been a blessing in disguise. It, it, it definitely is. You know, right like, now we do see it as a blessing, but back then, you know, we were absolutely yeah. frustrated that we could not go to the market because we had large companies waiting for our technology to, you know, to take mm -hmm. it to the market. And instead of earning money, we were spending much more and more and more money. So, yeah. yeah. So right now we're at the point of going back to the market and we are looking at really, really good developments in China and with some Chinese telecom companies, uh, Indian telecom companies and Bollywood streaming companies. So, um, and the good thing Maria is also doing a fantastic job in US, you know, in past few weeks that we've been talking and working. She came up with companies. I did fantastic, absolutely mind blowing. That's great. Working with Victor and Surrender, it, they're just two wonderful people. And I just, I, I'm 
so excited to be on part of the team. What is the what is the response in the U.S., Maria, when you when you broach the technology to people? Um, can't believe it. <laughs> like, okay, so so how do you how do you prove it? How do you what do you do to prove it? Well, you know, through um, Surrender, he they, they do videos. You know, they send a you send a video to us, compress it, and then send it back to you for analysis and such, and yeah, you yeah. let us know what you think. That's it's a, pretty simple, especially since you know now they can do things remotely, which Gunther worked. You know, they worked on so hard. Yeah. And yeah, the good thing is seeing is believing, Michael, every yeah. time. The seeing is believing. I spent hours and hours talking to multiple companies. And the only thing I had to do is actually to show them an example, right. whether it was an example of ours or an example of their own video. It really didn't matter. Absolutely. You know, um, and one of the best stories I would like to share right now, I can. So, you know, that's a good thing. Intel came on our path in uh, 2017 uh, through one of my friends in, in California, David. And, you know, they sent us a video file of their own 10.2 gigabyte 4K quality, okay? Mm. With a lot of fast moving frames, which is extremely hard to compress mm. if you're using, you know, everyone else's uh, codecs. So, uh, and they said, you know, just sh show us what you can. Literally, just like that. So we made them 10 different versions. And, you know, they sent us a USB stick. And we sent the 10 different versions of compression by WeTransfer below the 2 gigabyte. So that mm -hmm. was already a surprise for them. Mm -hmm. And literally an hour after sending those video files, they sent us, you know, they called us and said, can we get on a call? I said, okay, you know, so Gunther also came on a call. And the only thing actually they spent a whole year asking us is, you know, how did you guys manage to get this compression ratio? And at some point I said, guys, listen, you know, obviously we cannot share this information with you. As simple as that. But besides that, any questions after that, you know, you're welcome to ask them. So the SDK that they uh, placed on their chips, uh, you know, microchip today, we were the very first ones to test that out for them and compare it with our solution. Mm. Um, you know, I think it was good for them to see the, the differences. It was not good for us um, because they came to a compression ratio with 35, 40%. And after that, you know, you had a lot of uh, quality loss. And you're at 97%. Yeah, 99.7%. 99.7, okay. Yes. So, and they asked uh, whether we could combine their SDK with ours. And back then I was not really diplomatic. I said, you know, it really doesn't make sense to me that why should we integrate our solution with your SDK coming to 40%? And we're coming to 99.7%. You know, what's, I really don't see any benefit in that. But I guess from a commercial perspective, I should have been probably more diplomatic. <laughs> so uh, at, at some point, you know, they said um, how we would like to feel to integrate our solution on their uh, microchips. I said, you know, 
it would be great. But then they wanted also to put their SDK on top of that. And again, we went into the same discussion at some point after the you know the year of exclusiveness yeah. they had. I said, guys, thank you very much for this extremely, extremely important lesson I had. Uh, but you know, I don't think we're going to able to meet eye to eye when it comes to make a deal with this, you know, with our technology and what right. you guys are right. looking at. End up with something less. Yeah. Um, what about revenues? Uh, where are you now, and uh, what do you expect? Right now, we're not making revenues. We're still spending money to go to the market. Okay. Um, and right now, we are actually to give you an idea. In India, we are looking at demonstrations. You know, remotely installed software on their locations, running tests. Uh, the same in Dubai, and we're going to start in China in the new year in in January because they required a few more info. You know, a lot, of, a lot more, a lot of more security from our side uh, on the IP perspective because they wanted to make sure that no one can blame or claim. You know. Uh, or false IP useness, uh, you know, for them. So we went to a, one of the biggest legal companies in the world and is, who is specialized in this. And they do, did an audit, a fully audit. And they said, okay, you know, 100% sure that Gunther is the one that created the technology and Trishol is actually, you know, WowTech owns the IP of this technology. So it took a little bit more time uh, to go to the Chinese market because they wanted to have more certainties, but now we are ready. And in, in the new year, we'll be starting with demonstrations uh, across the country in China uh, with a really, really strong partner. So that's fantastic. That's it, that's great. Um, so what are the challenges uh, of managing a company that is in the, the small, but is in so many places? You're in the Nether Netherlands, Gunther's in Germany, Maria's in Florida. And you mentioned Dubai, Costa Rica. Uh, you probably mentioned some companies or countries I've never even heard of. So, <laughs> so how do you how do you manage all that? Well, uh, you know, sometimes Michael, it means uh, getting up at four o'clock in the morning for the Indian team uh, and for the Chinese team, and going to bed at twelve o'clock in the night for you know for our uh, US based uh, partners and leads. <laughs> Yes, uh, I do forget that there's a time difference. Sorry. Yeah, that's that's actually the only way that we can manage this. Um, yeah. But thank goodness for time zones; they work for us. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. No, that's kind of when I was a dental assistant. That's kind of you know I'd wake up at five thirty in the morning and go through emails and then go do my surgical procedure and during lunch you know return phone calls and after five o'clock or nine o'clock at night, call Australia. And it's just, it just time zones worked. And I was younger then too. It was like, I could certainly multitask back then, you know. And So, so. Uh, Surrender, do you know why people become dental assistants? <laughs> well, so they can roll into business development in tech companies. Of course. Exactly. Yeah. You never know who you meet. Well, and you I'll, can't I'll, judge I'll tell you why. By... They like to talk. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. We are chatty patties. You know, somebody's got something in their mouth and can't talk back. So that's uh, we know. understand you. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I when go? I have when I have a dentalist, I have a dental assistant now who's from Russia. Yeah, who doesn't talk. And oh. uh, I, I, you know, I was just saying to a friend of mine that it's like it's so unusual to have a dental assistant that doesn't talk. 
because normally that is unusual. Start, they start chatting away, but it's great. Oh, yeah. It's great, perfect for business, obviously. <laughs> well, you have to. You know, people come in pretty nervous, and you just got to, you know, learn how to deal with that energy. And that's true. And just make you know, make it as comfortable as they can. Yeah, absolutely. Now, let me ask you: You are um, starting to look for some additional funding. Um, yes. Uh, who who owns the company now? Actually, right now. Uh, Gunter owns 50% of the company and we own 50, we meaning me, uh, we own 50-50. That's it. 50-50, okay. We don't have any so two, uh, external two, investors. Two, two founders, you bootstrapped it, you did it yourself. Yes. Which is great. Now, what are you looking for moving forward? Well, actually, we're looking forward uh, to meet and talk to investors uh, for two different reasons. First of all, is funding. And a second important thing that also we absolutely appreciate is a very good network, which help which will help us to get in faster into some so, some markets, you know, and yeah. start getting revenue. So, in terms of network and terms of funding, that combination would be idyllic for us, absolutely. And and um, uh, what is the valuation of the company? We had a formal valuation last year, actually in. January, and the company was valued for 120 million euros. 120 million euros. A yes. Euro is a little more than a dollar. Yeah, um, and the, the the good thing is actually back then we did not have the development that we have right now, which is, uh, you know, we can sell licenses. That's one, and we can also do the remote installation. Right. So, right. Yeah. So it's a different a different environment. Yeah, we we definitely so, made more progress. So based on that valuation, uh, how much are you trying to raise? You know, we would be absolutely um, delighted to have a funding for twenty twenty five million. Um, and the funding the funding is you know needed to go to the market because you have a lot of expenses to make before you can start generating revenues on a regular basis. Yeah. And yeah. since we have different markets that we are targeting, you need funding and you know specialists in different markets. What would that represent? Twenty to twenty-five percent of the shares? Yeah, basically. Something Almost, in that range. Yeah, in, yeah, that, in that, range. that range. Okay. Absolutely. And um uh well, I think I've I think I've asked everything I wanted to ask. I, I wanted to make MTV came up earlier and I you know, my MTV story is um, I went to a job interview at MTV before it started. Oh, wow. So I met with the senior vice president of sales and he said, um, well, you know, we're going to we're going to um, put these music videos on the air. You know, nobody ever seen a music video. Wow. And, I, and I was like, uh, you know, so, you know, OK. And he said, he looked, he leaned forward and he said, let me tell you the best part. The best part is we don't pay for them. The music company, the record companies give them to us for nothing. <laughs> it's the best business. And, and, and so in my wisdom at the time, I think I was 30. I said, um, you mean lip syncing? <laughs> you mean they're going to be lip syncing? And, and he said, yeah. And I said, oh, nobody's going to watch that. Oh, no, really? You said yeah, that? It's a true story. Yeah. So I, I, I did not get, the, I didn't want the job. 
<laughs> and I did not get it. And uh, the rest is history. MTV is history. Do, do you um, know Mr. Like uh, Mr. Aloisi there? Uh, no, I can't even remember who I talked to, but it was it was whoever yeah. their whoever their first. He was an older guy. He was older, a lot older yeah. than me at the time. Um, anyway, it just goes. To, that's my way of proving that I really don't know anything about anything. So, um, but I would say, you know, um, you know, putting you on our watch list is not an endorsement. It's not a recommendation to buy or anything like that. But it it does mean I think you're doing some really cool stuff. Thank you. Um, that we want to stay in touch. We want to we want to keep on top of how you're progressing, um, and I hope uh, I hope we can do that. And um, it's absolutely been delightful to talk to you, and I'm 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 hopeful we can do it again. So thank you very much. Well, Michael, thank you, thank you very much. You know, for this opportunity to explain our technology and the company, and I'm looking forward to catch up again, and hopefully I will be able to give you some more good news regarding in terms of revenue investment and much more Absolutely. i wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised and thank you maria appreciate my it. pleasure hopefully thank we you won't we won't have to do this in the middle of the night so that's uh that's <laughs> well, encouraging well, pajama party there you go yeah all right <laughs> thanks thanks for being on the accelerator appreciate it thank you thank very, you very much. much michael